Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I am Adam. And we are joined. Oh. We're joined again today uh, by our third time returning guest host, I believe, uh, Doctor Dean. Awesome, Dean? Yo. Hey. Yep. All good. Yay. Hey. Adam's cracking a beer. Dean's got beer. I have a pizzly cup of tea. That's mm. because you are a fanny. <laughs> you not got anything, Chris. I forgot to bring it over. Uh, <laughs> his whole bottle of Prosecco he's drinking out I of I ran bottle. backwards and forwards. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that got left off the list. That's fine. You, you can go and grab it, Chris. We don't mind. We can uh, kill time until your return. He's all right. Um, he's got his opium for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after, after watching no. Midsummer. Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> um, yes, oh, so... Grab your uh, mushrooms as well, then. Huh? Grab your mushrooms as well. <laughs> yeah, <then>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a euphemism, Chris. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so as we've just alluded to, we've just watched uh, Midsummer, uh, following a suggestion from... Uh, was it Joseph's, Was it Joseph Watson who sent this in? Yes. It was. Yes, it oh, was. is that who, finally up who we've yeah. got to thank? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, you wonderful person. Um, actually, if you're listening, Joseph, I spotted your name the other day. I was reading, a, I started reading the George Mann is, uh, is a steampunk author, and he did some, uh, yay, um, he did some Sherlock Holmes books, and I've just started one called The Spirit Box. Uh, and Dr. Watson is saying he came home, uh, I believe, from when he was in Afghanistan because of the death of his nephew, Joseph Watson. So there you go, is it? Namesake that I came across well, there. Isn't that lovely? You're fictitiously dead. <laughs> um, so we so do, are... we know, do we know why he recommended this particularly? Uh, it was just that he'd watched it recently, basically. Mm. He, he said, okay. like everyone like everyone else, he's stuck at home, so he's catching up mm. on stuff. And much the same. I mean, that was the reason that I thought I was, I was definitely up for it because I've had it for so long and not got round yeah. to watching it. And it was the kick up the arse needed to watch it, especially at sort of near enough three hours. Yeah, so, it is a long film. Um, yeah. but did, out of interest, did people watch the director's cut or the standard? Director's. Yeah, and I watched directors. Yeah, is that the three hour one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one that's on Prime anyway. Is it? Well, everyone yeah. watched one that's on Prime. So. Ah, oh. uh, okay. I, don't I think that, that is. is this is two hours, 27 minutes. Oh, no, maybe it's not. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I'm so we get to. Blu -ray. Find out what's the difference. Oh, yeah. the mm. Blu ray is the director's cut, yeah. Actually, um, I think the Blu-ray's got both. But, yeah, sorry. But what could they have added to it to make <laughs> um, it even more... More crying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. before we get to that, we have got an exciting announcement. Um, we are going to... We were going to do a Netflix watch party, but then we decided ultimately that just means we put a film on that none of us are watching because we'd all just sit and text to one another live on the screen, which didn't quite seem what we had in mind. Um, so... As it's now lockdown, uh, everyone is at home bored. Adam's so bored he started singing. 
Um, yeah. uh, as we are all in lockdown and there isn't a lot going on, we thought, why not meet up and have a little chat and a little drinky with all of yourselves? So, uh, on the 9th, on, yes, Saturday the 9th of May, instead of recording an episode at 7.30 in the evening, which has become our current lockdown uh, schedule, we've decided instead that we are going to have a Zoom meet, uh, a Zoom call in, um, and we're going to allow anybody who likes to come and join and ask us questions. You Open people. Zoom, you lucky, lucky people. <laughs> and Zoom <laughs> taking over the world. We thought it was about time Welcome to Horror got involved. So, um, yes, so 7.30pm on Saturday the 9th of May, uh, we'll be holding a live Zoom chat with everyone. Uh, my, Adam will put up the details uh, probably an hour or so before, uh, just on Instagram. Uh, if anyone isn't on Instagram and is interested in getting involved, if you email us at info at welcome to horror.com and we will email you over the details so you can jump in as well. Um, yeah, just have a think of some questions you'd like to ask us, horror or non-horror. Um, yeah, and we'll all just have a beer and a bit of a laugh. We thought it'd be fun. Yeah, and uh, but incidentally, we should point out because we do, we actually do have international listeners, uh, but that is seven thirty uh, UK time. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Greenwich Mean Time or whatever. Yeah. Um, excellent. Right. So before we get stuck into our watching of Midsummer, Chris, now that you've finished Game of Thrones, yeah, have you been watching anything? I can see from your face. Ooh, you uh, well, no, yeah, we've, we've watched, get ready for it, this is a hard hitter, it is, <laughs> that's, that's how good it was, I wonder, I wonder well, if I can turn uh, off, um, for those on the audio calls. feed, Chris <laughs> up for that and then it switched him off, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't me doing it, that was an incoming call, the government, so I've, man. I've oh, kicked them off, yeah, well, it gets worse, so you might have noticed that a, uh, a children's film came out not long ago and it wasn't shown in the cinema. It's only available to rent because of the whole lockdown thing. Okay. And it was Trolls 2. Oh, okay. Now, it does have the word Trolls in it. So you might think that could be a horror film. It's not a horror <laughs> film, everybody. Uh, Don't get mixed up. No, it's not. <laughs> but I will say that it was a lot better than I expected. Okay. It was, I thought it was actually a really good idea for a film, a kids' film, because, and I won't spoil it, even though I normally do accidentally, um, it's all about music. And okay. it was really good for starting conversations with my kids about different types of music. So my daughter, who's six, was getting really interested in all the different types of uh, it covers yeah. classical music, jazz, pop, and uh, techno. Yeah, all sorts of things. So. Nice. So I highly recommend it to to probably everybody. Cool. We'll probably end up. It'll end up on our telly at some point. What one day? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Intent's a bit bigger. Mm. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, I mean, the one thing we have been doing is we've been watching a lot of Studio Ghibli with him. Oh. Uh, Yeah. They're all on Netflix, aren't they? So. Yeah, but it really holds his attention. Oh, I don't know, because I mean, you know, he, 
he's two at the end of next month. Hmm. So you'd think it was two, he might be too young or whatever like that. But no, it's, it's almost like he sees that sort of, he sees that Totoro logo at the start of them. Hmm. And then he sort of like finds a place on the settee and sits there with an intent to watch it and take it in. So, and what is it? The Studio Ghibli films, like the uh, Japanese... Spirited uh, Away and... Yeah, my oh, funnily enough, I was watching that while cooking yesterday and my daughter was quite happy mm. watching it, even though, yeah, it's not in English. She's like, what? Oh, this, what's going on? But <laughs> still, yeah, it is quite a, an enthralling... Uh, sort of it's messed up, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. It's also one of those things where you like to... It feels, especially something like Spirited Away, you do feel like you're sneaking, like, absolutely batshit weird things into your child's imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's go to Dean next. Apart from, obviously, Midsummer, what have you been watching recently in horror that you're particularly pleased or displeased Ooh. with? I wanted to talk about this film because somehow it's gone under the radar. And I've never even heard of it. But a film called The Devil's Reign. And it's oh. got William Shatner and Ernie yeah. Goldstein, Anton LaVey, Tom Skerritt and John Travolta. <clears throat> I yeah. watched it for the first time thinking this is going to be a low roll crap. And was, yeah, it really wasn't. And it looks beautiful because a lot of it's set in like a satanic church but and on the way obviously helped design it mm. so it's proper like a satanic temple set in an old church in the middle of a, a sort of desert this old western looking town it's William Shatner going to find I think it's his mum and but actually no it might be both his parents who were taken there mm. By yeah. this cult, I think, I think it is, yeah, because it's definitely the dad has been taken, so yeah, mm. yeah, and, and the mum, because the mum's in it with no eyes, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, John Travolta's eyes get melted out at one point as well, didn't they? It's his first film, he's only in it for about three yeah. minutes. I don't think he even speaks, just stands there looking like there's hole. And apparently, there is a big thing that he's there's a thing about that where linked the church like to Levey maybe what led him down the route of Scientology. Yeah, and there was there was an Australian critic who said it's the ultimate cult film because it's about a cult. Um, mm. It's a cult film. John Travolta joined a cult and on the way on his own cult and John Travolta's a massive cult. <laughs> 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 but... Yeah, and, uh, yeah it's, it's some of Shatner's finest work as well. I thought he's brilliant in it, to be honest. He's a he was really. He is, oh, he's, he's, he's a moaning all over the shop. I would be tempted to watch it just because of that. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to check that oh, out. Watching William Shatner get tortured never grows <laughs> old. Um, it, and when Ernest Baldwin basically turns into a goat pig man. <laughs> oh man! Lee, if you've uh, not seen it, Chris, yeah, both of you, it's, it's <laughs> really, really got to be seen. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes as well, so it's oh, not. Okay. Mm. Excellent, that's definitely. Apparently, there was loads of 
having there was loads of problems when they were filming it, and Ernest Baldwin was like, "I'm never doing a satanic film again." But he wow. didn't get paid mm. for it because it was funded by the mob, and for some reason they just didn't give him his money. <laughs> Bunch of arse. Would it be something to do with the fact that he wasn't going to, uh, you know, even if he wanted his money back, they were going to break his fucking legs? <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll go that, that kind of a deal. Out of the room. I've got That's a cat there. scratching at the door. I didn't know she was in it. That's all. Um, if, so, any, if anyone's in front of a screen, can they find? Can they just double check who the director of The Devil's Reign is? I am doing it as we. I speak. haven't got it written down. Let's get rid of this uh, now. Robert Faust. Ah, yes, he Faust. is the guy. Yeah, uh, Robert First. He did First. Um, the Fives movies. Oh, mm. oh that's yeah, yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, that's um, right. and it's and the only other film I think the only other film he did was the Jerry Cornelius movie, The Final Program. Um, but the Devil's mm. Reign is yeah, it really because it's like you say, what good three films. Like, yes, that's true. He did because the, the isn't it like it's because it's very Manson family because they have set up in what is, is it meant to be an old Western film? It set, looks like, like I don't know if it's meant to be an old. Yeah. But it looks like it's an old derelict town. Mm. But to me, it looked yeah. like an old derelict Western set. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely sold on that. That's gone on the list. <laughs> nice one. Cheers, Dean. Um, Adam, have you been watching anything? Right. I have watched a film that you have to fucking watch called Border. Um, Border. This week, just by accident. Yeah, Border. Yeah. This week, just by accident, it has been Swedish Horror Week. And there, it's basically, and it, funnily enough, it kind of reflects uh, Chris's uh, what viewing as well, because basically it's a, um, a rather unusual looking woman who works for Swedish border control. She works at a pole. Uh, but she has the ability to smell guilt mm. on people she's able to smell emotion so immediately she's perfect for the boulder because it's like she she can smell when people are smuggling things through and stuff like that Interesting. and um and sort of like yeah she's just a sort of slightly strange woman sort of, sort of like unusual looking and then one day a guy comes through custom who looks similar to her and she pulls him to one side because she sort of smells, she smells something that she doesn't know. It's not sort of definitely guilt or it's not. And so she pulls him to one side. He's clear and everything. You know, there's nothing in his bag that there's unusual stuff in his bag, but there's nothing illegal. Hmm. Um, and uh, basically she sort of starts, she gets sort of like involved with this guy. And I mean, this is a mid this is a mid-film twist, hmm. um, but I knew it going in, and I didn't lose any enjoyment. Uh, but basically, he reveals to her that the reason she's different is she's a troll. <laughs> and, yeah, and it basically becomes this sort of vaguely, it, like a sort of a weird love story of discovery that then also has like a real other element to it because of part of her job has been sort of 
uh, attesting to people's guilt, uh, she becomes involved with the po- with the police because they're trying to crack a child porn ring, and it's sort of everything all gets all intermingled and stuff like that. And it's but it is just so damn good, and it's based on a short story by the guy who wrote uh, "Let the Right One In." It has that tone. And actually, funnily enough, I was talking to uh, Bobby from Not For Everyone, and he reminded me that it was actually, I think he put it as like one of his top five films of the year for, tw- for 2018. Cool. And they did their roundup. And yeah, it is brilliant. The, the, and it's a, it's a very small cast, but everyone in it is absolutely like spot on amazing and yeah and it features some of the most out there stuff that you will see. certainly that you will see in a film this year possibly this decade so yeah there's some outlandish bits that go on as she discovers more about her nature and yeah but it is genuinely brilliant so I first recommend. i was thinking the um the idea of her being able to smell fear you might initially think oh that's just stupid but you know there are meant to be people that can smell things like cancer and yeah you know, like there, there is well, things that we don't know enough about still that are legitimate in that sort of way and so well, there was I mean, that, obviously there if it's a troll mm. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a russian girl who was on uh this morning who said she could smell cancer and they had mm. their doctor on there saying well you know this is bullshit and you're essentially like a spiritualist or something like that and she and she basically said um but you need to get checked out because i can smell it on you Mm. and he went and he did have it wow he actually did have cancer early stages and it hadn't been he hadn't detected it or anything like that and well he said that scared the shit out of him because (laughs) i mean obviously yeah one, you've got cancer. That's scary. And the fact you've been on there poo-pooing it. And I mm. think also at first, he probably thought she was just showboating mm. or like trying to be mean in return sort of thing. Yeah. And no, she just turned around and rather calmly told him that, yeah, she could smell it on him. So I, th- I think there was research that showed like dogs can smell it, but then yeah, I'd, I'd heard and there was some other disease. I think somebody could smell as well, but I mean it makes sense. Gangrene, essentially, the things. And you were, yeah, yeah, the, the less obvious ones. All right. Well, if someone's got advertising fasciitis, <laughs> half his head was eaten away, turned into black mold. Oh, you smell it for weeks. <laughs> we, had to have, we had to have the old waiting room completely bleached. <laughs> um, excellent. Thank you very much for that, Adam. I've added that also to the list. That's good. So I've come away with two films to check out now. That's good. Uh, and possibly Troll 2 at some point. So. Trolls 2. <laughs> not Troll 2. Not, yeah. Although Troll no. 2. Amazing. Love Troll 2. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think that's got to be that's got to be a, a lockdown watch. Mm. Uh, I cer- certainly also the um, do the double bill. Uh, I did it. It was brilliant. Yeah, but also uh, the documentary as well. The um, yeah, oh, the, best worst movie. The best worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, okay, so I've watched a couple of things since that last recording. Uh, I was chatting recently with previous guests 
uh, host Donnie. Um, mm. And mm-hmm. he just watched the Ryan Reynolds movie, The Voices, um, which I hadn't seen in a long time. So I went back and rewatched that again. Uh, yeah, just so oh. much fun, that film. So much fun. Um, yeah, Brilliant. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you saw it a while back, didn't you, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I thought Jennifer it was excellent. showed you and Shelley in a mistake. Yeah. No, 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 we both really liked it, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Yeah, and then we followed that up with uh, Gods and Monsters, which is the story, I'm not sure how accurate it is supposed to be, but it's the last days of James Whale's life. Um, Oh, Gods and Monsters? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, uh, with uh, Saria McKellen as, uh, as James Whale. Yeah, really, really good film, actually. I um, as I, I don't know how accurate it is to the actual end of his life, but, uh, yeah, definitely an entertaining watch. And what was that called that I put good. on my list? Gods and Monsters. Okay. As in, we live in a world of gods and monsters. <laughs> <laughs> With um, uh, Brendan Frazier's his hunky gardener. That's it, yeah. <laughs> That's the, one of the last films I think I've seen him in for a very long time. I don't know quite why. Yeah, we, we, we went through that, Lee. If you Google Brendan Frazier now. I was going to say, when you say Hunky Gardner, is that, is that his role or do you just really like Brendan Frazier? <laughs> <laughs> why, why does it have to be either? That's true. <laughs> yeah. We both. It could be. <laughs> and um, is it? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Okay, good. Just so we know, just so we know. Um, yeah. I'll get you that t shirt with him watering the lawn for Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't be wearing Every time I pass a reflective surface, you'll have to hold me down. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's it. We're getting off this subject. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Um, What's this oh. about getting off with Brendan Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> and how does he walk to the garden? Oh, anyway, <laughs> right. <laughs> let's bring it down, shall we? Um, Lee, Lee's going to press the edit button any minute now. <laughs> oh, there no. was something else that I wanted to talk about oh, just yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. Trying to read about in that mass in the massive occult book I'm reading at the moment, but <clears throat> just about a bloke called Johann George Schropfer, mm. who I think was probably the earliest person to use projections and be a projectionist. But he was a German occultist and Freemason. He ran a, co- a coffee shop and did seances there, and uh. He used to project the images of ghosts into smoke with what he called his magic lantern. And, um, yeah, eventually he went mad from his own projections, held a seance and said, I'm going to commit suicide and now I'm going to bring myself back. And he didn't. (laughs) 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 I just wanted to quickly mention this. I read about it last night. I was like... It's got kind of like early horror cinema that he was showing ghosts. Mm-hmm. This was like yeah. 1700s, 1740 something. Wow. 
So it's a bit of a bit of a weird one, bit of a dickhead as well. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, but I mean... it brought up a lot of questions. But yeah, mm. nice. Thank it's you very much. It's the, yeah, it's better that it's a story of someone driving themselves mad um, with you know their own sort of like artistry and everything, rather than the usual one where it's just like, yeah, he lost his job and went a bit off his head. So at least yeah. it was, you know, a bit more, bit more, in, did, bit more intrigued. Just believe in his own yeah. bullshit, wasn't it? <laughs> did anyone yeah. try to stop him at the point when he said, "I'm going to project myself"? So that's one of the questions I was thinking about: how many people were there? Like, mm. but was anyone like, "Well, that might not be a good idea, young man"? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, like the rest of this stuff you've done, all great, but that one. But <laughs> well, also, I don't this know how the... he killed himself. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the wrong way. This is the trouble. It's this is the trouble. You end up with an audience of enablers. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're all just like, go on, go on, push it, push it a bit further. Yeah, it's like, it's like the same like to... Yeah, it's like the same people who used to hang around with Van Gogh. It's like cut his ear off last week. Let's see what you get the prick to do this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give him a gun. Give him a gun. <laughs> <laughs> give him a gun and tell him that his chair looks all out of proportion. <laughs> <laughs> the sunflowers are shit. Every single one of them. Here's a gun. I like your daisies, Vince. They were good for daisies. <laughs> You're not daisies. Oh. <laughs> right. So on the subject of flowers. Um, we have <laughs> midsummer, um, uh, and so this was the first time watch for you for Chris and Adam. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Um, oh, so we're in the unusual situation but, of being able to ask Adam as the first mm. time viewer. What did you make of it? Wait, wait. I was going to say. Oh. Could we all say what we thought that oh. person will say, good or bad? Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that. Well done. But it's even more interesting because all of us are in it now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. So I, I think that both Adam and Chris would have enjoyed this. Uh, I, yeah. Reckon. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I do. I'll... Yeah, and I do too. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. I, but I also think <laughs> Lee probably hated it. Um. No, I did. I, I did enjoy it. Um. But it isn't one. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I'd have gone back and watched it again. And I don't know. If I've... <laughs> I did it twice in three weeks. <laughs> I'm glad I did though, because having it still fresh in my mind the second time watching it, you realise so much. There's mm. the whole film is foreshadowed, like mm. from the mm. beginning. Mm. Everything is ridiculous. Okay. Well, even yeah, to, even yeah to that's interesting. That that mural at the start. Mm. Mm. When He's mural, ah, uh, yeah, not yeah. Muriel. Breathe, Muriel. Breathe, So wait, at the very start, because I don't remember one stop. I remembered when they arrived, it panned past something. And oh I no, didn't... that was the message. That was the recipe for hair pie. Um, but at the mural, <laughs> <laughs> before it even came in the room, at the mm. point of that picture, 
and saw the hair pie and all the crazy stuff and then stayed in the room and watched the rest with me. She's like, right, I'm in. Uh, this is <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, is you, your film needs a hook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what about the picture that Pele was drawing? I couldn't actually make out what it was. It's a picture of her with mm. um, f- flowers all around her hair. Was it? So oh. it's her as the May Queen. Okay. Ah. Nice. But here's an interesting mm. here's an interesting thing on another bit of a deep dive. He draws her twice. Mm. He draws. He gives her, her the portrait. Says, the first one, and he says, "I always draw people for their birthday." Yeah. But then he draws her again the day she becomes the May Queen. Um. Mm. So the day she is born again. Ah. Yeah. She receives the mm. the, the same. Oh, I didn't didn't clock that. But the, the other thing I wondered whether we should do is just give a brief synopsis, in case in case people haven't watched it. And see now, go and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> see, I've, I've thought about that. I know we used to do it with uh, with with Alexa. Um, yeah. The only reason I stopped was because I assumed people have either seen it or have no interest in seeing it. Um, mm. But is it worth? Doing us a um, slight recap. We could have of... a run through. Go on in, Chris. Give us a quick run through of what the film is about. Oh, well, having only seen it once, and it's it's <laughs> ruined part of my brain. Um, <laughs> so there's a, a woman. <laughs> G- give me a name. Danny. Adam. At least said Danny. Danny. Yes. Danny. Danny. Yes. Danny. Right. So Danny. So she. She's. Uh, <laughs> with a guy and she's leaning on him too much. Is that right? I'm trying to remember the start. Adam, you're gonna make this pretty difficult, aren't you? Right. So <laughs> so then then her parents die and I think they, murder suicide is the term you meant to Yeah, because her really. sister gasses her them sister, all. Yeah, she kills herself sister. and her parents at the same time, yeah. Okay, so so I think I must have got distracted at that point by some <laughs> children. So right, so I missed that bit, yeah. So, so they die in a bad way. Now I knew that she was very much <laughs> thought about it. Lee, Lee, do you want to read the synopsis from IMDB? Did I just do that? Otherwise this could yeah. take <laughs> well maybe so, three so, hours long. So the the bits that I am um, I were drawn to was after they arrived to mm-hmm. the mushrooms and then it started to get crazy. Funny that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, this, this is something that I genuinely, I genuinely want to ask people, uh, you know, don't feel, don't feel the need to admit anything on camera or on <laughs> audio. For I the feel my image of the it all. Well, it's more, it's more just due to the fact that I've done mushrooms once and by the time I decided to do them, everyone else had done most of them and all that I got was that the glow, in the, ta- the glow of the dashboard in the taxi on the way home was really calming. <laughs> so, you know, I haven't had a proper, a proper mushroom trip, shall we say. How realistic was what went on in the film for anyone who might know? You know, the or they've got a friend who could... The trees, when she's panicking and she's walking to the trees and the whole forest is just wavering 
is so, so realistic. And the way she reacts to everyone when she's feeling crappy. I've, I've definitely been there in pubs or Romford Market or wherever. So, so she seriously starts to panic. Mm. And I, well, in a way, they all are. And what was interesting is what a, a strange bunch of people they are to be friends. And I guess that gets explained at the end or by the end when you sort of realise that Pele isn't actually really friends with them, as far as I could tell. He yes. just wanted to use them for the ritual, except for her, who he appears to like. Well, all of them are part of the ritual. Um, yeah. She's he, designated in a different direction to, every, to, to all the others. Yeah, but the, so they wanted to end up disliking them all. So Mark is very obvious why <clears> he's disliked, and you don't mind him getting killed because he's just a bit of an arsehole. Um, Mark's a prick. Yeah. And, yeah. and so is... But played by an actor that I appreciate. Mm, yeah, okay. Will Poulter from who we last saw in Bandersnatch. Uh, Bandersnatch yeah. Welcome to Horror episode 41. Uh, for more on him. It has to be said, for the research for this film has been great in so much as most of the cast are too young to have done hundreds and hundreds mm. of movies. And the rest of the cast are Swedish and have just done loads of movies that we've never heard of. Mm. So, you know, from that point of view, it's been, if that, that side and of things, the casting side has been quite a breeze. I did recognise one of the guys from The Good Place. I was going to say that. Did yes. you recognise him? Yeah. yeah. That's the only yeah, thing George I've seen him in. in. Place, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah. So, he was great. But it turns out he was not, I don't know, like, he was there just to do research on them. And he didn't really care about the people that had died and mm. didn't really care from sort of no. humanitarian No, and he knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he knew that seem, term... Yeah. So, so yeah, he recognised the term for it. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Um, but and then obviously they start arguing. Him and the main guy's name, and his Christian. Boyfriend. Ironically, Christian. That's it. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's a fantastic. You, you call Christian, <laughs> you get sent to a pagan village. What's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get the woodwork. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Uh, you didn't get to the end of your uh, <laughs> your rounding up of what happened, Chris. Yeah, so so they're all there and they're having a trip and it's it's pretty bad. And she wanders off and then they start heading towards the the village and they're starting to I suppose they're they're feeling a bit better by then. This, this um, is more of a blow-by-blow, scene-by-scene account of the film rather than saying a group of people who have been travelling together, uh, ultimately one of them comes from Sweden, convinces the others all to come over to Sweden so that he can show them their, uh, their religious ceremony. That Pagan festival, yeah. So he brings yeah. his group of friends over to, so that they can all experience it uh, and it goes very weak, man. Basically, it's yeah. a, a more concise uh, roundup, I think. So that isn't from IMDb, obviously, that was just me. Um... Rounding it up. I wish that yes. was. <laughs> I wish that was, that'd be so fantastic. It'd just be so easier <laughs> as well when you're going through stuff on IMDb. And, yeah. like, and it, all, it all goes dead wicker, man. <laughs> you know? I should be writing these. <laughs> So, so I would have thought Adam would be the one to do this synopsis. I think they did all right. 
Well, I, I think Lee did yeah. very well. I think I think between us, we've we've done marvellousness. It has to be said. I think it's funny but, you bring that up. I do. Um, Chris saying about us not covering the synopsis. I I was thinking about this only the other day. Um, there's a couple of podcasts that I used to listen to that I stopped actually listening to. I won't name them um, because ultimately that was all it was. They'd cover a film, and they'd. I realised that I enjoyed the first bit, which was just them doing like we do, catching up on discussing what other stuff they've been watching. I think I know what podcast you're talking about. Uh, yeah, and then they basically just tell you the entire film scene by scene. So it opens up. There's a couple. They're in a bedroom. They're arguing. Yeah. Then, and I'm just like, do you know what? If I've seen it, I don't need you to tell me. If I want to watch it, I now have no reason to because you told me everything that's going to happen. And if I didn't want to see it, it's because I don't care about what happens in the story. So that's why I've never um, done like a, a scene by scene run through as, as a lot of podcasts do. Because um, I just figure, for reviewing purposes, I don't know that it helps. I could be wrong. Listeners, if I'm wrong and you would like us to do more uh, more of a, a linear travel through the movie rather than just a general what we felt and what we liked and who we liked, um, yeah, then let us know. You let us know on the 9th of, uh, 9th of May, if you like. <laughs> um, but if it's the same podcast... You're right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's the same podcast I'm thinking of I stopped listening to it because without any warning they told me the end of Us so I haven't watched Us now because I know the ending Ah, and ah. I've, I've got a feeling it's the same podcast they've done you a favour because Us was a massive pile of turd so. oh really? yeah it was awful oh, I really like to get out no, no, no it's not as good as get oh, out actually I've oh, listened to your podcast huh? yeah you know you you know it's a divisive one around these parts. Yeah, I'd yeah, say, I remember it's, the podcast. It's, it's, it's definitely not as good as Get Out, but it's still, I, th- I still think it's worth a watch. If only for, in terms of actually as a comedy, you know, the comedy end of it, it's brilliant. <laughs> okay. I'll tell uh, I, I did want to return to what Chris was saying about them being an odd bunch of people to be together. Hmm. I noticed that they are the classic teen horror lineup. You got the jock, who's Mark, who's argumentative, rude, sexist asshole, but you enjoy him. Um, you got the last girl. Yeah. You've got. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go into a full explanation. Some but yeah, no, there's the smart guy. You get what I mean. You've got the yeah, classic. Yeah team slash a horror mm. setup of the five characters yeah. but they've done it in a slightly more interesting way yeah you got the dweeby one the i suppose of... like the whole film they're a bit more realistic mm. they're not quite so caricatured or no but stereotypical in that sense they've stuck to that but in a, a like you say a looser more realistic I, sense I, I thought they went for realism throughout the whole film because so i, I gotta say when i first um, started watching it and knew what it was about. I was thinking, okay, a cult film where they go to meet a cult and it goes badly. You kind of think that you sort of, you know, you expect what's going to happen. But I thought they did a really good job of um, taking you through it and not quite knowing what was going to happen with each of them. Um, 
I, it wasn't entirely clear to me. Obviously, like you've said, there were hints now that um, Danny was going to become the May Queen. But, mm. um, but yeah, I, I thought it did seem like you were going through it with them and it was unfolding. Um, so, yeah, in that sort of sense, it did seem quite realistic as opposed to being too, too action-based or, or too mm. fantasy. Um, I mean, like, I so... It, was it based on a real cult? You can imagine there was one that is like that, it, where they appear to be very nice, but they're kind <clears> of totally insane. I, f- I think it's based on all cults. Of, <laughs> but, but not many. Like, there's uh, elements of ancient religion more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really meant well, it's to be... De- the, the classic death I, cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not. But, but, it's, but they're not exactly a death cult because they're killing a few people. Like they're not killing all of mm-hmm. them. Like so, and they they appear to be going for a long time, which seems odd because how could something like that still be around nowadays and not get found out? They seem pretty secluded where they are. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not like Jim Jones who was in trouble all the time anyway and people were very aware of what he was doing or heaven's gate or um mm. david koresh who was everyone was aware he was sleeping with other underage girls and stockpiling weapons it mm. it seems get, like more low key yeah because they get a name check don't they the branch of Indians at one point yeah i've mentioned they don't they don't say it goes waco but they do mention the branch of Indians. yeah it. but i think i think really and actually it ties into the fact that Danny actually turns out to be the only one with any fucking sense is mm. when she turns around and says, look, this is a community who are, have human sacrifice. At that point, they just think it's the elderly chucking themselves. To death yeah. if they, hit, if they hit, what is it, 72, isn't it? Yeah, 72. And, mm. so, no, yeah. and at that point, she says, and she just goes, they're not, you know, the re- they're secluded. The reason they've been doing this for years is because no one has reported it, and we should. And they bring people yeah. in mm. from miles outside. They're not pulling in local yeah, they're not, they're not people from the local community. So it's not nobody's linking the people going missing with this specific cult. Yeah, and, and of course they say that this ritual is not is a ninety year cycle. So mm. the actual, the actual rich, the midsummer ritual as it stands in the film hasn't occurred for ninety years. So there wouldn't be. That is it ninety years? It's ninety years. They say is the. Oh, that's ritual. weird. Then because they kill nine people, don't they? They kill nine. This is the thing. Nine is all over this mm. because mm, even okay. the, yeah. even the age cycle, the age cycles are divisible by nine. So, you know, you've got like, mm. say, the spring, summer, autumn, winter, and they give the age range. Uh, the age ranges are, yeah, it's like, it's, so it's 0 to 18, which, and 18 is 2 times 9. Then it's 19 to 36, which is 4, uh, four times 9. 37 to 54, which is 9 times 9. And then 8 times 9, which is 55 to 72. And then, and even that, they're quite open. It's it's treated as a joke. 
But mm. when she says, well, seven, seven and two, he just goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, seven and two is nice. But the thing is, is because there's a lot in this, like all the rooms that are in it are, not only are they genuine rooms, but they actually have contextual meaning. It's not like, you know, the old days where it would be like Hammer films or something where they'd be like, oh, you know, the set designer got a book on rooms out of the library and they just slapped up anything. <laughs> so you just end up with, you know, ev- every room that is used in this is thought out and everything like that. Hmm. But nine is important within Norse mythology because uh, Odin is uh, chained to the world tree. Uh, it, it just still... Igrasil. Um, yeah, the, the world tree, the nine, he's uh, hung upside down for nine days to gain knowledge, and the knowledge that he gains is written language. Okay. And that is the ruse. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, so there's a lot in, like, and, but loads of the stuff that goes on it, I mean, like you say, there's nine sacrifices, 90 years, and yeah, even like the seating. Like when they're sat in certain seating patterns that are rooms as well. Yeah, they're no, like no, the room. Uh, it's, and it's a room that's used a lot. I'd like to know what it means, but it's used a lot in this film. It's painted on the walls of the hut at the end. Is it the um, one where it's like a door? Is it the one where it's like a door? I actually did my own little version of it, but I've put like a spiral and a load of veins on it. But yeah, it's that yes, sort of yeah. That one, yeah. Yeah, I looked it up. That is Odell. And that means, and here's the thing, that means family, familial groups, and inheritance. Ah. So within the context of the film, and it's like and it's mixed up with there's another room that it's mixed up with at one point, which is um oh, where is it? There's and you know there's the they sort of there's an R shape yeah yeah which well. is how the seating arrangement kind of is as well yeah and that's the that's the room for travel journey and reunion uh-huh. so uh-huh. it's all about the fact that it's this wow. gathering where they've like they've sent these people out to find their like the the five people who are going to be brought in and yeah so they sit in the r of reunion and then later on they're sat in the table of <laughs> family and inheritance mm. and stuff like that and it's like shit that's you know they there's de- so much in there they, they're even using at certain points they're even using um what they call I did, a lot of this has just been writing down today but where is it uh, there's a thing there's a term which is murk stave which is when a rune is inverted and it means that it's the opposite of what it means so okay. much the same as you would say, like a, a inverted cross. cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a similar sort of thing. But there's like the stuff that's uh, uh, when they're given their gowns. Mm-hmm. There's runes on the gowns, but the ones on Danny's gown are like runes that, because they're using inverted or altered versions of them, they basically mean crisis and hopelessness. <laughs> but they are also ones for awakening and new beginning and stuff like that. So it's like, it's all sort of intermingled there. And like they put uh, Christian's robe has got the sigil for male potency and power. Because obviously they use him as a, um, yeah. 
sperm donor, essentially. But around that is the symbol for, um, well, there's, a, there's another symbol in it, which is, the, which is all over the film, which is Algis, which is like the sort of forked Y-looking symbol, <clears throat> but it's upside down. And this, that symbol means um, walding off evil. But because it's inverted, you could interpret it as welcoming evil. Yeah. Or <sighs> bad things in. And it's like, yeah, so it's, there's a lot of... And obviously you've got the bit where one of the other guys is killed in the... Uh, it's the blood evil. Mm. Um, which is the thing where you... Which apparently, they're not sure if it actually ever happened, but it was like, it's supposedly... That is known as a Viking something. torture. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. but they're not sure if it actually ever happened, mostly because it's meant to be it happens to you while you're still breathing. But as soon as they yeah. pull your lungs out, your back, you kind of can't breathe because it's nowhere near your mm. diaphragm. So, sort of, yeah, so basically, yeah. yeah, they basically crack your ribs and pull your lungs out your back, and the lungs are the wings. Mm. And that is when you're a blood angel. So when they find uh, Simon, like the guy oh, from yeah, London, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when they find when he finds him in the shed and he's got flowers for eyes, but he is suspended and that is a blood eagle, which is like a a, a potentially mythical um, like Viking or Norse uh, torture and punishment. Um, so like a monomath. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> at, at this yeah, point, I would like to clarify. I would like to clarify for anyone listening uh, who's sort of noticed that I, I've done a lot of research into Norse mythology. I would like at this point to say Nazi punks fuck off. So, <laughs> just in case people feel that, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like on Count Grishnak mailing this. He can fuck himself. So, yeah. Look, man, there's a lot of here. We're, we're all black metal fans here. We know you can ignore certain elements. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why yes, did they choose then, Christian as the sperm donor? Is it do they do that in order to keep the genes from getting too into? In yeah, the, that's what they say because yeah. there's a lot of interbreeding. They bring out, they bring in outsiders to cleanse right. the gene pool a bit. Otherwise, you end up. I know they talked the about that at one profit. point. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. remember if they said that specifically. And, and, yeah, he says he went Sorry, go on, Adam. No, go on, man. No, he says it when he's say, in the you? room and he's showing in the books that the, the strange-looking lad has yeah. been writing and they've been interpreting. Mm. Um, yeah, and because both Christian and the other guy whose name I can't remember do Josh. ask about the yeah do ask about the the interbreeding. Mm. A Christian just comes out and says it, but the other bloke's a bit more subtle with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they do bring in people to cleanse the, the palate. And, <laughs> well, also, I would assume that the implication is that if Danny is the May Queen. She would also be expected yeah. to be producing offspring mm. as well. So there's, like, you sort of, you, you know, there's, a level there to sort of like try and even out the the shortening of the gene pool. Yeah. And I think that um, there's a very... Uh, and weirdly enough, um, I've worked out that when this goes out, it will be the day after May Day. 
Oh, really? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. right. It'll be the day. This goes out the day after Beltane, so it is, yeah, it is the, the May festival. Which one of so, us will be the May Queen? Yeah. Sh- should we <laughs> well, film all of us doing a bit of a dance? And a... <laughs> well, as long as it's that, I'm going to Matt, like, um, mat some flowers into my pubic hair and send you all a video <laughs> of it <laughs> as I dance around with my pal. <laughs> but see, but like even that scene with, with them dancing and, and her mm. um, last until the end I just thought so many of the scenes in this were really well done mm. yeah and, and it did it like it had a bit of a sense of it being almost a documentary and the way you're talking about mm. it you know is the amount of detail that's gone into it really does seem you know like it's getting to that point and well, the crying yeah, mm. oh, yeah. they did that so that well. Yeah, brutal, but it was weird. It was almost like primal screen therapy. Like mm. the more they did it with her, the yeah. more she carried on doing it, and the more cathartic it seemed yeah. to her. Like, definitely. It was. It was almost beautiful, but still mm. disturbing. Yeah, it works. It works that it's it's weird because it's the second time you see her really do that. But the first times at the start of the film with Christian, who's like, they're there. You know, he's not really... Yeah, he's... he's that's like, yeah. Yeah, no, no. yeah. But, com- but compared to a room full of uh, a, a room full of people screaming hysterically with you, you know, and sort of like the, the sort of change in that emotion, you know, that emotional state to the other. Mm. And basically, you know, either way, you are in the same... You are in the same state, but the, whatever's going on around you is either conducive, non-conducive, or like you say, it takes you through like a cathartic process. See, and that like that you know, seems like, a bit like, odd. Like, on you know, to see some like a group doing something like that. Um, but I, I used to go to a Christian group, and at one point we went to a retreat, and they actually got us to do something similar to that. Like they had a whole hall of us all there, and we all had to cry about something that was really bad. And just was it cathartic? Like it, it, like you said, it was. But there's still an element that's disturbing. I, th- I suppose if you fully give into it, you may say, "Yeah, this is great, and we should do this, and it's wonderful." But it's very hard to do that completely when you're a little mm. bit skeptical, and to see yeah, it as absolutely definitely. positive. So there's positivity be, in it, but it's also a little bit eerie. I'd be too self-aware. I would feel yeah. embarrassed. And I'd feel embarrassed for everyone around me. Yeah. And I don't think I could give myself into that. Really, yeah. But where it's all focused specifically on her, I think it's mm. different. It's more immersive mm. because she is the central focus of yeah. all these other people feeling the pun. So it's easier to drag her into it. Mm. Well, I said, yeah, if you think they genuinely all believe they're feeling the pain with her, and it absolutely is. They are doing it, you know, all together to benefit her and them. It's, it's a fascinating. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, it, it creates it really is. again. Again, it it gives a sense of belonging, mm. and really, that is. I mean, whether whether it's for be- whether it's for ill or not, she ends the film. Being part of the family. family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who 
who actually who actively seek to have her there mm-hmm. because that's the thing i mean obviously she loses her actual family as before the fucking credits roll like the mm. opening titles roll and then the family she's left with is christian who was clearly just wanting out anyway and his knob mates who like you say don't really seem to be i think it's more a case of they're all at college sharing a uh, flat rather mm. than that mm. they are necessarily actual sort of friends friends mm. and they've all sort of like you know josh is going away on this trip and they've all thought oh that'll be a jolly up and we'll go and get fucked up and uh, well, well, yeah, well mark women. thought that but it seems the other two thought it would actually be for their thesis yeah. mm. so, so well, they're kind of using yeah, him but again that's the thing christian sort of like doesn't have that until Mm. He's like, oh, hang on, this would be, yeah, I'll do this as my thesis. And you can yeah, see that yeah, quite, yeah. He, that, you know, he's like, look, you've been fucking around on your course. Yeah. And now you're going to step mm. into this. And this is something where, I'm and really, it's clear that obviously, yeah. yeah, he's been hanging around with Pele. So he's got, he's the one who's been introduced into this. Mm. And really, you know, Mark and Christian have just tagged along. Mm. Um, yeah. Mark with well, no even... Mark with no sort of pretense, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, the the dialogue yeah. is fantastic yeah. between them all. Uh, again, that seems very real. You could imagine it unfolding like that. Mm. Mm. And actually, I have especially to say, the opening oh, bit where they're all. Sorry, man. I keep talking over you. That okay, opening man. bit where they're all having pizza or whatever together. Mm. it sort of sets up the characters for what they are and they're all against her though every single one of them is against his relationship with her and he's floundering and not that interested he's more scared of breaking up with her than he is into the relationship and then I think Mm -hmm. he feels like he can't break away with it because what sort of an arsehole would he be if her sister and her, uh, her just killed her parents and herself? And then he says, right, cheerio. Mm. So yeah. I think, and it's See, that's up the thing is, I think horrible. Go on, mm. sorry, go on. Then. No, I was going to say, on, I think that's the trouble as well. He's like, it, but it's, that doesn't even feel selfless. It's more. If I if I split up with an ass, more asshole. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, and how's he gonna look at, to everyone else? Yeah, mm. so it's more about his appearances and everything else like that. And and actually, I don't know because I I looked into it because I was because I watched obviously like I say I watched the director's cut and I thought oh shit you know is there but most of what the director's cut is is expansions on already existing scenes. Mm. But there is one bit oh, that okay. is, and I don't know if, so people could tell me, in the director's cut, the one main thing that is different is there is a ceremony at night by the lake, and they throw, you know, uh, Christian is talking to him while they're decorating a tree, and it's almost like a Christmas tree, like it's when he first gets the idea, he's going yeah. to his thesis, and he's talking to him. There's a ceremony that takes place at night where they throw that tree into the lake to appease a god. Oh. And if that hasn't, and if you don't it, see that bit, 
then that's not the director's cut. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah because there's no scenes at night in the non-director's ah, cut. There we go then. In the theatrical but, release. There's the nightmare. But I think that builds it. I wanted to kind of talk about that, but I'll, I'll talk about it afterwards. Sorry, Kayla. But the... But interestingly enough, but also that explains something else, is that that ceremony, there's a little boy, they, they go through like the whole ritual and it's obviously like a staged thing where it's like, oh, the gods are appeased. Hang, and then someone comes out and says, hang on, I can still hear a rumbling. The gods need further sacrifice. And then a little boy runs up dressed in like a weird sort of like, basically like a sort of chainmail suit that looks a bit like the tree. And the little boy's like, I'm, I, I will be thrown to the river gods as the sacrifice if they demand more sacrifice. And then two men pick him mm. up and they begin swinging him towards the river. And at that point, Danny, because this, this is the night of after the uh, two old people have killed themselves. Mm. And Danny screams no, but then someone else in the audience, obviously as part of the ceremony, says no, the gods will be appeased by his bravery. And they all hmm. sort of go, oh, yeah, and celebrate. And the little boy's not thrown into the river and it's just part, it's like a pageantry thing. It's not actually hmm. a sacrifice. But at the end, Connie's body, you know, the, the other, the girl from London who they meet there, there's the couple yeah. they meet <clears> from London side, Simon and Connie. And he gets, he gets the blood angel, but her corpse is wearing the chain mail that the little boy's worn. So hmm. she's obviously been drowned oh. by the sacrifice at some point. Because you only see, you see the bit where they say, oh yeah, Simon's already left. And she's like, well, that's odd. And then they say, well, that's all right. We'll help you, you know. And then she disappears. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the implication is that she has actually been drowned. And that's what uh, her sacrifice was. I really liked it when the leader was talking to Connie and explaining why Simon left. And she's like, he wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have gone. And then he just keeps explaining it in such a calm way. It's like, I don't really have anything else I can say, even though it it sounds so unlikely. And yet, okay. Then the way he finishes the conversation, (laughs) the way he finishes the conversation is he just turns around to Danny and says, lunch in 20 minutes. (laughs) So calm about it. Just... Breeze it over. <laughs> it's funny. Does that make them psychopathic or just very, yeah. you know, well, like into their ideals of, you know, just how important traditionalists, it all is. but yeah. they fucks up religion. Yeah, yeah. Think, but also, if you take it down, if you take it down the road of, you know, like a court of law, mm. if you hide what you've done, you are aware it's wrong. Yeah, mm. that's like yeah. A, that's one of the basic fundaments of an insanity mm. plea. Is they always mm. say genuine psychotics like what's who was it? Who was the one who had was it Richard Chase who had the blender full of blood? Mm. And like they found him whenever they found him, he was like, "No, I killed lots of people, and I need to drink their blood because my blood's disappearing." Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't try, and he he wasn't like you know Bundy or someone who was like. I wasn't there. Oh no, you know, I've got an alibi or whatever like that. And it's the same thing. Because they are covering it up, they are aware that it's fucking but wrong. It's, yeah, mm. that's what psychosis you know. If you're yeah. open about it, that's a belief that you think what you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's his name? He killed Lennon. He was, 
pretty convinced Mark that what Kepler. he was doing was right and was yeah quite open about it after mm. after he got caught. Hmm. Excellent. Yeah. So this is definitely just like, this is a very thought provoking movie. This is definitely one that does leave you thinking about it a lot longer after it's after it's finished. Um, and I would say a double watch is definitely mm. good. I mean, I haven't even touched on half the notes I wrote about it after watching it for the second time. I only left it for three weeks. Like I said, I watched it and then you said you was doing it. So I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it again. Mm. And yeah, not just the foreshadowing. I started to know some things like the style was very Jodorowsky in places. Yeah. Um, mm. I took more of it in. I found a lot more humour in it the second time. The first time, I think I just sat there with my mouth open. Stunning. Like, this is what yeah. the fuck's going to happen next. Mm. When you take it, like when Mark pisses on the ancestral tree, yeah. that is mm. hilarious. That yeah. really is. When, when you know, yeah. The other but guy's then, reaction to it, mm. it's... But also, that, that guy, like the guy who reacts, um, it's, because it's not quite clear but that is who walks in wearing his skin. You know, when Josh is mm. photographing them in the... I and, thought it was yeah. the other guy, the weird inbred guy. No, it's, no, no. It's meant to be the guy who Oh, I didn't pick up on when, that. Yeah, uh, I think the character's name is it's Ulf or Ulf or Ulf or something. It's like, but yeah, and <laughs> Ulf, it's meant to yeah. be that guy. So the guy who loses his shit about yeah, what, I mean, he is essentially pissing on gravestone. Yeah, he comes in wearing that makes his skin. Perfect sense. But that just before like... that, they uh, they say, "What are the kids playing?" And they say, "Oh, it's a game called Skinning the Fool." <laughs> yeah, then, I did notice that. And his corpse has a jester's hat on at the end. Mm. So again, it's like yeah, all these sort of things that are in there. Apparently, though, you saying about it being funny. Apparently, in Sweden. This played as a black comedy. The oh, Swedes really? just found it. I can see why. They just found it piss funny because it's basically all the cliches that they are aware of that people have of Sweden, that everyone's mm. Hello, nice and smiley <laughs> and everything, but also evil pagans who, you know, are clearly running a weird sex cult, death cult. <laughs> 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 you know, so, so, yeah, so in Sweden, this was like, you know, uh, everywhere uh, else, it was like, I, oh, my God, it's a new Wicker Band. Over there, it was like, oh, it's black comedy, isn't it? You know, <laughs> about these foolish <laughs> Americans who come over and get what's coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> and Chekhov's Bear as well. Like, I like how underplayed yes. that was. But it stuck in my consciousness the first time I watched it. They said, why is there a bear in a cage? It's a bear. And then yeah. they did. You mention it, and then obviously yeah. at the end, massively pays off. Yeah. But I know because I felt the first time I watched it, because it was so understated, the entire film, I was like, what about the fucking bear? What's going to happen to this bear? Why is the bear, bear there? Because you, yeah. you think it may be, like you say, you kind of think, oh, well, why would that be there? But you expect, is it just going to be that it gets out and kills someone or is yeah. it unleashed or something like that? Yeah, you don't I wasn't expect, sure what, but I knew something. You don't quite expect a, what, what I can only say, because all that popped into my head was Invaders in. I'm in a bear suit. I'm in a bear suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By 
I think that's what, what I said earlier is that I felt like I was going to see things that I expected and there were enough bits in it that just were, were twisted enough that I, I was pleasantly surprised. There's a, mm. And also, it's just, yeah. like, like you say, it's, again, it's back to what Claire said about The Shining, is you don't expect something to be brightly lit. Yeah, mm. and let's face it. There's, like I say, yes. there's that nice that's so no way to talk about the director's cut, yeah. but the rest of it is broad, broad daylight, mm. like, like yeah. picturesque. And yeah, this is where I want to music, come back. To, definitely, the um, music score like, for Hackman Club. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's Hackman Club. Ambient, weird shit, but mm. beautiful, mm. like beautiful. really dark. Last Maud with notes. The best way I can put it, you know. It's like can't get into Last Maud, but Hex and Cloak. I've, yeah, and I've been a incredible fan for a while. I know me and you have had weird nights in this flat. With the Hex and Cloak, yeah. Listening to Hex. He don't know. He, he um, doesn't know. If we were <laughs> outside his bedroom. But, uh, but the thing is, is that and because apparently Ari Aster wrote this before he wrote Hereditary. And before he filmed Hereditary, he'd written Midsummer already. Yeah. And he brought in, uh, like, the hats and cloaks, like, really early in the stages of it, basically saying, I was listening to your album when I wrote this. Mm. So wow. I kind of wanted, you know, I, I want you on board for it. But the thing I find with the music is that, we, and there's a lot of, like he said, he, he even, like, spoke to Bjork and stuff about, like, traditional mm. Uh, like Scandinavian folk music and stuff like that. But the one thing I would say is the score is definitely on the side of the cult. In that <laughs> the score is is almost saccharine. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's very lush and very romantic. And there is other there is the other side of it. There is that droney side of it. There is that. Well, horror side of it and stuff but basically it's like yeah isn't this a beautiful day as we go out and kill the elderly and yeah but if you take the the beginning it's not it's quite nice sorry sorry chris what did you say well if you take the killings away from it it is all quite nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah but the soundtrack at the beginning before when it's I don't know, I've got to call it the blue period of the film before they get to Sweden where everything is stark and mm. dark and horrible. The scene where mm. they find the bodies of her family is just my favourite part of the soundtrack. I've been listening to it a lot. But mm. it's just, it is different sirens played on violins at different speeds. So you see yeah. the police and the flashing lights everywhere and yeah and yeah it's just violins playing different sirens and different alarms at different speeds it's fucking beautiful <laughs> but it is yeah incredible and i think a lot of the soundtrack the sound um it's more like sound design rather than songwriting definitely because that's how i would define the hacks and cloak musically anyway even though like they're like his um, like actual album is not his mm. soundtrack work. 
but yeah, even the um, like the actual album, it's that same thing. It is very much bridging that place between music and sound design. And you um, off, often and name a thing that it sounds like. Mm. You hear the piece yeah. of music and it reminds you of what he titled it. So he purposely had that in his mind. He's a great musician. Yeah. And actually, he the reason that the thing is credited to Bobby Trillett, which is his real name and not the hat like, is he said that because it's a score, I am working for someone. It's mm. not all about me. Yeah. So I don't give it my music name because that's like my creative place. Yeah. Whereas this is, I am actually providing, I am part of a collaboration with everyone else making the movie. And, um, but it is, it is just a, it's a amazing score. But yeah, I think that's the thing is the overall, the movie does seem to suggest possibly not not quite as much for me as uh say the witch but mm. it does imply that you know maybe she's found <laughs> some, somewhere a new family because yeah. the mm. other people around her were cunts yeah exactly she, her, her real family die the other family clearly don't want her around you know and they're not family in the sense of they are the people she's been left with who she knows mm. and then this whole other group who are like please come and join us please be part you're our may queen I, yeah. I suppose there's something still a little desolate about that being the best family you can find that yeah. they're the best well, but we've still got to kill a few people in horrible ways <laughs> for it to be as... to join <laughs> yeah. it's obviously what happened to pele as well mm. he talked yeah, about when his family my parents died, died in a fire yeah the, the, this is my family he says it to us several mm. times and then yeah, he seems he's really nice man. you know yeah he's a, he's a nice bloke yeah. I like yeah. him I'll go and take mushrooms with him maybe not for him to he hands out mushrooms I thought you might like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, on that note uh, we are going to be covering uh, Ring for our next episode uh, that the, is the Japanese original, not the remake. Yes, not the remake. We're not going to go there. Um, so go and check out Ring, uh, and we will catch you next week for that episode. Uh, and don't forget to put in your diaries Saturday the 9th for 7.30. Yeah. Uh, and Exciting stuff. Yeah, we will see you all <laughs> for a little chat and a catch-up then. So, And technically, you've got nothing better to do. Yeah, don't say you. <laughs> you know, you know what? This is our, this is this is this is just our luck. They'll cure this, and everyone yeah. will be out, and it will yeah. ruin it for everyone. Then they'll fix it all on Wednesday. It'll all be over. Yeah, yeah, typical. It's all right. It's always up. Got a cure, but I'm keeping it quiet because I'm marking the time off work. Excellent. Right. Thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Uh, don't forget to come and message us on uh, Instagram or email us at info at welcome to horror.com. Uh, and we will see you all again next week for The Ring. Bye. 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 See ya.
Thank <laughs> you.